You are listening to Randall Parker's Film Club, presented by me, Francis White. On Film Club this week, uh, we'll be doing most of the usual things that go on here, a review of a couple of films, read out an email or two, and one or two of the other things that Fat Randall does for you. Now, the main reason on why I'm filling in for Fat Randall is that he's currently convalescing at the county hospital from injuries sustained last week when he took a gas cooker full force to the chest. Yeah, Fat Randall took the main brunt of the blast and is currently recovering and hopefully should regain consciousness sometime in the near future. I'll tell you what, he don't half look funny with no eyebrows and half his hair missing. Rather than have you lot miss out on Film Club, I thought it might be a nice idea for me to carry it on whilst he's getting better. Now, I'm not here all alone. I've enrolled the helper Big Ken, who has kindly stepped into the breach to do all the technical stuff because I'm crap with that sort of thing. So say hi, Ken. Hello, everybody. Now, being as he's helping me out, I've agreed to let Big Ken sing a song at the end of the show. I'm sure Randall won't mind. Apparently, there's been some sort of vouch running for songs for Ken to sing, so we'll pick one of them out. Now, the full story with what happened with Randall is that just after he'd finished recording last week's podcast, I was making him a spot of tea, nice fray bentos pie, oven chips, malafat peas, but for some reason the gas ring under the peas wouldn't light, so I asked Randall for a bit of help. And he said you've got to use a match to light because the click-click-click electric thing was all buggered. Well, unbeknownst to Randall, unbeknownst, great word that is, unbeknownst, isn't it? Uh, Unbeknownst to Randall, the gas ring had been hissing away for about four and a half minutes and the whole thing went up and he took a cooker, smack bang, dead to the centre of his chest. Now, it took the fire service a full four hours to dig him out of the rubble and he was in a bad way. They had to rush him off to A&E and begin work putting him back together again. Luckily for me, I was blown clear of the blast and ended up in next door's garden without a mark on me, so I was quite lucky there. Unfortunately, due to this, Mr White's house is not going to have to be demolished, well... The half of it is still standing well. I'm not quite sure how well Mr White and Mummy Maureen's going to take the news when they return off the honeymoon in a few days. I thought it was probably for the best not to tell them what happened. They seemed to be having so much fun when they called the other night. I do hope they're not too angry with Randall for blowing up the house. He was only trying to do his best, weren't he? Francis White's Warhammer Fact Warhammer 40k Dawn of War expansion pack has sold over 4 million copies worldwide. Francis White's Warhammer Fact Another one of those later in the show. Now, due to Mr White's house currently being destroyed by Fat Randall's slipshod cooking lighting skills, I'm currently dossing down here in Randall's bungalow. I did actually go round to Mummy Maureen's house and say to Janice from accounts that her and her husband should vacate, but... Uh, Milkyard Greg has said that if I didn't walk away, he'd reach into my mouth, grab me arsehole and turn me inside out. So the bungalow seemed the best option, didn't it? Now, I don't normally watch films. Sitting on your bum for an hour and a half doesn't really appeal to me, so you're going to have to bear with me as I do this podcast, right? As well as doing this as a favour to Fat Randall, I thought, as a tribute or memorial, let's face it, he's not out the woods yet, I would review his two favourite films of all time. So first up, we're reviewing Avengers Infinity War, and then later on, we'll be reviewing Avengers Endgame. Emails. What? Randall does emails before reviews. OK, can keep your hair on. If that is your real hair, I presume there's no one to buy a wig like that, would they? Yes, me real hair. All right, Ken, don't build your part. Bloody hell. Play the bloody jingle. Emails. So as Ken pointed out, 
Randall does the emails before the reviews. So we've had a couple of them, so let's crack on. I don't pretend to be an expert, but I'll try my best to answer them. First email goes, Dear Francis. Well, it actually says, Dear Randall, but I've changed that bit. Dear Francis, the lads and I often go to watch the football down the pub on a Saturday lunchtime. A few Saturdays ago, Tottenham Hotspur were playing Chelsea in what was being billed as the London Derby. Tony was saying that most Spurs fans feel that the game against Chelsea isn't classed as a derby as the game they play against Arsenal is a far more important fixture as the rivalry between the two was more fierce and the Chelsea v Spurs game didn't have the right to truly be called a derby match. Darius said that his dad was a Chelsea fan and he knew that for the Blues this fixture was one that they enjoyed as it gave them an opportunity to get one up on the Lilywhites so it could be classed as a derby match. Going on this one, isn't it? Then Sam takes a book out of his bag and says that he was currently reading this book about the history of football and the term derby actually dates back to the 12th century when two sides from the town of Ashbourne had a massive football match through the streets which actually resembled a big fuck-off punch-up that stretched out for two days and still goes on to this very day and is held on Shrove Tuesday and Ash Wednesday. And as Ashbourne is in Derbyshire, whenever the two teams from the same town play each other it's referred to as a derby match. As you can imagine, this was like a red rag to a bull. Tony snatched the book from Sam and beat him about the head with it and into a coma. And as I write this email, Darius is currently having the back cover of The Complete History of Association Football surgically removed from his bruised anus. But my question to you is this. If you were to write a book, what would it be about? Best wishes, Danny Carter. Well, it's quite a burst of information there, Danny. Thank you for writing in. It's funny you should ask that question because recently I have written a book. It's a novel based on Commander Shadow Sun and her many lusty adventures. She is perhaps my favourite character in Warhammer 40k. I did in fact send a copy of the manuscript off to Games Workshop, who make Warhammer, but I'm still waiting to hear back from them. Mind you, that was about eight months ago, so perhaps I'll chase that up at some point. Thanks for writing into the podcast, Danny. Uh, the next email goes, Dear Francis, I am a big fan of film and used to go to the cinema on a regular basis, but one thing really annoyed me. Nine times out of ten, when the film was halfway through and I was engrossed, some wanker in front of me goes on his phone and drags me out of the moment. It really pisses me off. One time, I'd had enough of this and went over to the offending person, grabbed hold of the phone, smashed it on the floor and beat the shit out of the dickhead. But being as it was dark, I was unable to see that the person was in fact a 12-year-old girl in a wheelchair who was texting her father, letting him know that the film had another half hour to run and she would be ready for a lift home shortly. I'm looking forward to being able to return to the cinema once I am released and hope the controls on the usage of mobile phones in cinemas have tightened in the last five years. But my question to you is this. What thing about cinemas annoy you? Kind regards, Richard Hammond. Well, thank you for writing in, Richard. I hope you've managed to work through your anger issues. Uh, Well, in answer to your question, Richard, I don't like going to the cinema at all. I get bored very easily, and by halfway through the trailers, I'm ready to bugger off home. But if I've got to choose something, then it's got to be the pick-a-mix that they have. I mean, what's wrong with packets of sweets? It's not the bloody dark ages, is it? Why not have packets of sweets on display, and not buckets of dolly mixtures or gobstoppers that snotty little kids have been fingering and coughing all over... Can you imagine doing this with anything else? I mean, could you imagine going in Coston? There's just this big barrel of red coffee that people dip their mugs in. 
in Asda's, a big bath of baked beans you slosh your bowl into. Oh, you've got me all wound up now, Richard. Wish I hadn't read that email. Oh, it's sending me west, that has. Let's review a film. So, on to our reviews. If that's okay with you, Ken. Ken? Ken, you ignorant sod. Yeah, it's okay. Right, thank you. That wasn't so hard, was it? Right, so we'll carry on then. As a tribute slash memorial to Randall, because let's face it, by the time this goes out, he might have slipped away, uh, we're reviewing two of his favourite films. Firstly, we'll be reviewing Avengers Infinity War, and a bit later on we'll review its sequel, Avengers Endgame. Now the first thing I'll say about these films is they are long, and I mean really long. So you might need a big jar or jug, should you need to have a wee-wee. So on to Infinity War, which for me was a total pile of bollocks. It's basically just a bunch of bad guys with some fancy jewellery and this purple dickhead who wants to make the jewellery into a glove so he can snap his fingers so half the people in the universe can drop dead. Now the Avengers want to stop him and have various fights across the universe to try and stop him from being an annoying wanker. On Earth we've got Captain America, the Winter Soldier, the Howler Wakanda, the Red Witch, Red Shop Dummy Man, Thor and half of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And in space you've got the other half of the Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man, Tin Man, Mr Magician who used to be Sherlock and I've probably missed some out because there was bloody loads of them. Hang, hang, hang on a minute, I've got to take this. Grandmaster Steve-o! Yeah, <laughs> mad ain't it? Yeah, I know. No, no, I'm fine. Fat Randall took the mind blast, yeah. Yeah, his fat gut sort of absorbed most of the blast and I ended up in next door's tree. No, the fat bastard hasn't regained cultures as yet. Just doing his podcast for him. Yeah, 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 it is shit. Yeah. Well, I can't do much worse than him at it, can I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I've forgotten that. Yeah. And do you remember that time he fell over in the high street? You pisser that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I'll see you tonight. Yeah, I've got an idea for that defensive move. Now, now I'll tell you later. Yeah, 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 bye. Yeah, see you later. Bye. Sorry about that. Just a bit of Warhammer business. Back to the film. Now, up in space, the Guardians, Tin Man and Spider-Man are beating fuck out of Thanos, the purple dickhead, because the magician has a jewel that Thanos wants. Whilst all this is going on, Magician, who used to be Sherlock, is now having a big think and he says that I'll just watch 40 million versions of how this is going to play out and there's only one where it goes right. But the dickhead won't tell anyone. I'll bloody tell you how. Right. He should have made one of the big sparkly portal things that he does right under Thanos, right to the centre of the sun, burnt the fucker to a crisp. Job done. Let's go home for a jam sandwich and a mug of tea. But now... He decides to give Thanos his jewel, and Thanos fucks off with the jewel and goes to Earth. Now, Thanos nips off to Wakanda, where Shop Dummy Man, who has a jewel in the front of his head, is knocking about, and they have a massive fight, but ultimately, Purple Thanos rips the jewel out of his head and puts it on his big jewellery glove, and he's ready to snap the fuck out of it, and half the people in the universe turn to fag ash and blow off in the wind. Tell you what, I'd love a glove like that. I'd snap that bugger a few times, I can tell you. Anyway, Thanos buggers off and leaves everyone to sulk about the Fagash people, and that's sort of where the film ends. Just think, 
All this happened because the magician didn't send Thanos to the sun and it's all his fault. Ratings wise, I'm going to give this a 28. That was Avengers Infinity War. Watch that if you want to see a film that was primarily made to set up a much bigger film that would be released one year later. Now, Fatty Randall and I have known each other for many, many years. He was a year or two above me at school. Uh, we did once go camping together with Mr White a long, long time ago. That didn't end well. Randall made me light one of my farts and, well, let's not go into that anyway. But I felt last week when we were living here together at Mr White's, we began to get on quite well. There was a small amount of time where we didn't see eye to eye and Randall called me a fucking arsehole and I replied to him, a lot of people like fucking arseholes and after that we sort of got along. Now, I don't know how much Randall has told you about me living with Mr White and Mummy Maureen came about but the basic gist is that just before Christmas, my mum, Beryl Barker, disappeared off the face of the earth and no one has any idea where she's gone or when she's likely to be coming back. And not long after that, Mr White said that he knew my mum from way back before I was born and thought it was his duty to take me in and look after me until mum returned. Mummy Maureen has been really lovely to me. Uh, for the most part, she's been very kind, but I shouldn't really mention it. But last week, I'd done a big poo and blocked the toilet and she shouted at me. So, for her own safety, I locked her in the cupboard under the stairs until she'd calmed down a bit. Now, I do know she's had a few problems in that area recently and had to nip off for a special rest. Mr White used to tell me mum all about it when Mummy Maureen was in the special hospital and he used to stop over at ours for the night. He used to have to share Mum's bed because of his back trouble. I used to offer him my bed, but he said the mattress was too soft for him. He's a lovely bloke, is Mr White. He's always been round at our house, been a mate to be Mum since way before I was born. Lovely. Now, I'd just like to say hello to everybody down at White and Bailey Fabrication, where Randall and I work. Now, recently, due to the economic downturn that Mr White says is on the way, he's had to put me on something called emergency permanent furlough. I think, I think Randall's on it as well. Basically, it's sort of a way of keeping your staff, but they get to sit at home watching telly and get 80% of the wages, which is a bit of a win-win for me because I didn't like getting up that early every morning. Mr White did say to me it had absolutely nothing to do with the Dawn Taverner incident the other week where she carelessly walked past a game of nail gun darts that me and Tubby Lionel had set up. Bloody hell, she did kick up a fuss, you know, right? not like the six inch nail did that much damage it went in one side of the thigh and went out the other it was barely in her don't know what she was moaning about francis white's warhammer fact contrary to popular belief warhammer isn't a game played by sad pathetic arseholes who stink of sweat and have an unhealthy obsession with pop and crisps but it's in fact a highly complex strategy game enjoyed the world over and its fans include me vin diesel ed sheeran henry cavell what used to play superman in them films Francis White's Warhammer Fact. Yesterday morning, there was this knock at the door and it was Janet who runs 24-hour party services thingy. Uh, you know, where if you need anything, you give her a call and she drops it off. Many times, me and the lads have been halfway through a Warhammer campaign and run out of barbecue-flavoured Pringles and Diet Coke and Janet's never failed to come to the rescue. Well, Janet, along with Sharon the Vicar from St Chad's Church, have been running a raffle for holiday for two in Amsterdam. And luck should have it that R. Randall won first prize, which was nice. Something to cheer him up. Tell you what, he is a right jammy bugger. I'd love to go to Amsterdam. 
I did ask Janet if the tickets were transferable should Randall not pull through, so fingers crossed. She's a right lovely girl, is our Janet. A few years back, right, she, when she was known as Dirty Janet, she got into some trouble and asked me if I wouldn't mind saying that she was round at my house watching Minder on ITV3 and not round at Mr Johnson's house when he was tied up, mugged and left for dead. She told me that it was all just a misunderstanding and she could do with my help and I did what any right-minded fellow did and give her an alibi. Tell you what, Janet was ever so grateful when she was eliminated from the police's enquiries. Uh, as a way to show her gratitude, uh, she said she'd come round to my house for a day and her and I could do whatever I wanted. I couldn't believe me luck. I said to her there was something I actually wanted to do. So we spent a lovely day at the Black Country Museum. Bloody fantastic. Have you been, Ken? No. Oh, you're missing a treat, mate. Uh, they've got this old village there, right, from the olden days. It looks authentic. Apart from it's probably a lot less ore shit than there was in the olden days. I can highly recommend it. They've even got a sweet shop and a chippy. Films that what I would like to see. So on to the part of the podcast where Randall usually tells you an idea for a film that he would like to see. Well, because he's not here, I thought I'd give you an idea for one I'd like to see. Simple, innit? it? Now, I'd love to see a Warhammer 40k film. Well, back in 2010, there was Ultramarines, a Warhammer 40k movie, but we don't talk about that. I'm talking about a live-action Warhammer film, probably starring Vin Diesel and Henry Cavell, who was the Superman in those films. It would be bloody amazing. To tell you the truth, I can't understand why there hasn't been one made. Because it's one. Oh, fuck off, Ken. Films that what I would like to see. Now, last Thursday night, there was a knock at Randall's front door and it was Donna Richards, who used to live next door to Randall and Mummy Maureen. Now, she was knocking on because Randall had supposed to have been going out with her to the pub. Now, being as Randall's out of action and I thought the only decent thing to do would be to fill in for him and take Donna out myself. I mean, she's quite easy on the eye, well, for her age, and so we went for a bit of a drink down the Lamb and Flag. Would have gone to the dog and partridge, but Donna isn't allowed in there for some reason. She wouldn't tell me all the details, but apparently he's got something to do with the stain on the pool table. Well, I'm pleased to report that a wonderful time was had by all. Donna can certainly pack away the drink and was worse for wear when I carried her home. I was a perfect gentleman, didn't push me luck, didn't try to sneak a kiss. I just propped her up against the door. Uh, actually texted her this morning and she said she'd had fun and suggested we do it again. I hope we get to see a knockers at some point. I've only ever seen him in magazines or on the telly. I'd love to see some live. Well, Randall fancies her. Well, Randall shouldn't have stood her up then, should he? Now on to our second film this week, and it's called Avengers Endgame. And this is Fat Randall's favourite film of all time. This sort of picks up where Infinity War ends, with half the people in the universe turn to fagash, and the remaining Avengers find Thanos and say to him, Oh, you prick, give us a jewellery glove. We want our mates back. But he says, No, I've lost it, so they chop his head off. Then it's five years later and everybody's grumpy until Ant-Man strolls up and says, Has anyone thought about going back in time and getting the jewellery before Thanos had it, coming back to here, bringing back the fagash people? 
So that's what they do. But Thanos from earlier finds out. And when they get back and they do the click with the jewellery glove and everybody's back, he starts to kick the shit out of them. And they're getting their arses handed to him on a silver platter. At this point, I don't understand why Iron Man didn't go tiny and climb up Thanos' arse. I'll then make himself massive, therefore ripping Thanos apart from the inside. Job done. Let's go home for a jam sandwich and a mug of tea. No, they decided to have a big fuck-off punch-up instead. There was thirsty work, all this bloody talking, isn't it? Hang on, hang on. Oh, you gotta love a Dr. Peppers, haven't you? Oh, that's better. Right. Back to the film. When all seems lost, right, these sparkly portals open up and every superhero turns up, right? Well, apart from Batman and Superman, they seem to want to sit this one out for some reason. Anyway, the magician and all his mates, right, turn up, kick the fuck out of Thanos and his gang of sods. Anyway, each superhero gets a turn to punch Thanos in his big fat purple face until it's the Tin Man's turn, who nicks Thanos' jewellery glove, says piss off you mad bastard, clicks his fingers, and Thanos and all his mates turn to Fagash. Then Tin Man drops dead, and the film goes on for another half hour, but everyone's lost interest now because he's just boring talking, and it sort of ends there. Now recently, in the MCU, there's a film made called Eternals, right? And they weren't wiped out when Thanos snapped his fingers because they are Eternals and not real living people. So they were exempt from being turned into Fagash. But doing a bit of research, I found out that Thanos is in fact an Eternal and Tin Man wouldn't have been able to turn him into Fagash, so this film is a load of total bollocks. All he would have had to do was wait till Tin Man clicked his fingers, dropped down dead, nicked the jewellery back, snapped his fingers again and ultimately won. Ratings-wise, I'm going to give this a 27. That was Avengers Endgame. Watch that if you've got half a day to waste. The great thing about living in Randall's bungalow is it's nice and close to the chippy. And for those of you who know me will know I'm quite partial to a chippy tea. I've been here for six nights and had eight chippy teas. I'll soon be as fat as Randall if I keep this up. Get out and walk. Now, when it was down the chippy, I was having a word with Tommy the Tramp, or as Randall calls him, Tommy Slippers. Now, Tommy does have a reputation for telling a tall tale or two, and on many occasions has had his head kicked in for chatting shit. When it was down the chippy, Tommy began to tell me how a major figure in the community has been targeted by a terrorist unit, and no one has seen or heard from him in nearly two weeks. Police think that he must have been kidnapped, and to make matters worse, the terrorists have blown his house up. It took me a while, but then I realised he was talking about Mr White and Mummy Maureen, so I put him straight and told him they were on an honeymoon, and Fat Randall blew his house up. Randall recommends... So on to today's recommendation. I'm going to recommend a comedy that's called That's My Boy, starring the fabulous Adam Sandler. Never makes a dud film, that bloke. Comedy doesn't get much better than this. There are fart gags, gags about tits and all sorts of stuff. If you don't like it, then you must be bloody mental. Put it on your watch list. Randall recommends... 
Right, we're nearly at the end of this week's episode. As I said earlier, Big Ken has been helping me on the condition that he could sing a song at the end. Now, Randall's been running about on which song Ken was going to sing. There has been quite a diverse range of songs requested from early 80s synth-pop to Guns N' Roses. Someone even requested the Wycliffe's at Dover in honour Captain Tom. You know, the old bloke used to walk up and down his drive trying to cure Covid. But it became quite clear early on there was one song in particular running away with it and we got that to look forward to in a minute. Well, thank you so much for bearing with me. Turned out okay, didn't it? No major cock-ups. We had a few laughs along the way, didn't we? Uh, now, if Fat Randall doesn't make it through, I might take this on full-time, but we'll change it to a Warhammer podcast if that's all right with you. Francis White's Warhammer Club has got a certain ring to it, don't you think? Now, if you want to get in touch, the email just for now is randallparker1971 at gmail.com. That might change. I'd like you to get in touch. Uh, see you soon, and it's over to you, Ken. We've got some half price crack tass and miles and miles of carpet tiles, TVs, deep freeze and David Bowie LPs, ball games, gold chains, Watson names and that, a bush from Trevor Francis Jackson's from a mushy shepherd's bush, 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 no income tax, no VAT, no money back, no guarantee, black or white, rich or poor, a will call prices at a stroke. God bless Hookie Street, Beaver Hookie Street, Long live Hookie Street, Say Magnific Hookie Street, Magnific Hookie Street, Hookie Street, Hookie Street, Hookie Street. Street. It's alright.